you're listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch TV about hats. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I didn't know where to go with this one. I think hats in this movie is a character. Like, who's your favorite character and girls just want to have fun? If you say hats. It's Helen Hunt's hats. Yeah. It's the coonskin cap. It's the, like, rubber animals. The two dinosaurs that look like cat ears. This movie is maybe just about Helen Hunt's wardrobe. I Helen Hunt is this movie. Oh, I would say Helen Hunt and then the gaggle of big strong women are this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're Jody. I'm jo- oh, shit. I always make fun of you for missing that part. <laughs> I'm Jody, and I'm Andrea. <laughs> and uh, this week we're talking about one of the joys of my childhood, which is girls just want to have fun. I'm so glad you picked this movie to follow up Radio Flyer. <laughs> oh, I mean God. that genuinely. They could not be more different, and we needed it. They could we- not be more opposite movies. This movie reached out. Uh, neon fingerless glove covered hand and pulled me up from the depths of radio flyer so thank you so much for this helen hunt put you on her chariot and uh (laughs) drove you drove you away from the town in northern california i have always loved helen hunt like obviously she's it's impossible not to love her yeah but this is not a helen hunt that i know and to me because this is probably the first thing i like knew i saw her in this has always been Helen Hunt to me. This is like her iconic role for That's me. So funny. Like I really had no context for this movie, which is incredible. It You're was so very lucky. fun to go into this just fully empty headed. Yeah. I mean, it's like my first exposure to most of the people in this movie. And yeah, and a lot of them are. Yeah, exactly. So this came out in 1985. I was 10. I um, was zero. <laughs> I was zero years old. And I think in the in the photograph I just showed you in my sparkly <laughs> dance outfit, I was probably eleven. That's for the the Patreon. Oh God. The Patreon. Uh, That's access. a really expensive tier to see me. Jody's old dance outfit. My dance outfits from when I was it, eleven. It is amazing. The outfits are one thing. The hair plus the outfits is a whole other. <laughs> that was like right after I cut and permed my hair, and the boy I had a crush on said, "What did you do to your hair?" <laughs> Heartbreaking. You truly never recover from that. You never recover David from that. David Romaine. He's <laughs> How out dare there. You, David. Yeah. You know what you've done? Yeah. He ruined me. <laughs> he was right, though. I had nice hair. And then I got a perm. I'm glad I missed that. Like, there were, there were like, pe- like, kids were still getting perms when I was little, but few Not and far that. between. Yeah. Like, we'd mostly moved past it thank god i can still smell the perm solution i got perms only for <laughs> three years i think like i got my first one in i think fifth or sixth grade it's so funny yeah can you imagine oh, a sixth no. grader now getting a perm that's so funny oh my god we all had i love them. it i love it we all had them this is i would say a romp I I would absolutely agree with you. Uh, this this movie is a romp. I like smiled and laughed through the whole thing, watching it again. And I saw, like I said last time, I saw it a few years ago, probably for the last time. But it's just like it doesn't it doesn't miss. It like hits all the beats of like <laughs> this kind of movie. It's 
I cannot wait to hear what you think. I did get some texts from you during it, which were it the is, expected moments, which we'll we'll cover. But it, it is so silly. It's so silly. It's silly in a really fun. Yeah. Again, I think I said light. I might not have said that on mic, but it's just such a light. Mm-hmm. It's everybody is acting like they are in the 80s which yeah. i know it's an obvious thing to say but it's like we've talked about like how this is like a lesser version of let me say what i'm gonna say first before i say lesser version because it's not a judgment i don't mean that you'll see what i mean we talked about heather's kind of like setting up um and kind of like creating a vocabulary that people then leaned into mm-hmm. and the same with like clueless this is not that this is a movie like fully reflecting it feels like to me anyway yeah the times as they were existing i will say though it did have it did actually become a type of movie and it so i had to double check this so many times on on google oh god Mm -hmm. i had Mm -hmm. to google this a number of times because i thought i was wrong but this movie came out before dirty dancing when did Flashdance come out? Oh, I think it was right around this time. But I am now... 83. Okay, so Flashdance was before this. But uh, they were still all in the same... Yeah. Like, this is very early in that genre of yeah. dance movie. But I like am now... Literally one of the first. Forever going to claim that Dirty Dancing ripped off this movie. <laughs> it is such it a did. funny... The scene I, I mean... in the park where he lifts her... <laughs> That lift. And the I lift. Know. It's the, the Dirty lift. Dancing lift. Yeah. Dirty it Dancing really, ripped off this movie. The like, it's such a funny, like, um, uh, it's not stereotype, stereotype. That's not the word I want. Archetype. I don't know what I, what formula, whatever of child with talent, disapproving father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, Especially girl child with disapproving, like strict dad exactly yeah yeah Um, there's and i said girl with talent but it's always dancing it's (laughs) always dancing and it's always of course we should stipulate that because america um it's always a white girl with mediocre talent that is praised much more highly than it deserves to be (laughs) because in rewatching this movie again the thing that i realized is that the janelle monet looking twins at the end uh-huh. definitely should have won should have won they were fucking yeah. awesome i think yeah. i i think i recognized that earlier than just this time but that was like really reinforced for me mm-hmm. it's like the um oh my god how am i blanking on her name save the last dance julia styles Thank i was you. gonna say yep it's same the thing. julia styles thing right it's yep. the like she kind of can dance kind of She's fine. Yeah, sure. But she's like hailed as this incredible force. So funny. Also, affluent. Well, I guess mm-hmm. in Save the Last Dance, she's not affluent. But but it's like right side of the tracks. Yes. Like, you know, yes. uh, usually new to town, though not always. And then paired with wrong side of the tracks. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Less hunky. Yeah. Doesn't understand what a shirt is for. <laughs> Yeah. Look, it's a genre I love, and I thank you. You're... Girls just want to have fun for being a pioneer, and Jody, you for. I thought this you were going to thank me again. I was. I was, yeah, I was yes. <laughs> but also, um, I'm just feeling very thankful in general. Yeah. Should, do you want to? Yeah, we should give a us little... a little plot rundown. I mean, it's not that complicated. 
I don't know. I feel like we just did it. A lot of ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, girls just want to have fun. 1985. Our friend Sarah Jessica Parker in one of her earliest, not her earliest big role, but one of her earlier big roles. Um, I can't say it was big to me. It it wasn't big to the culture, I think, at the time. Uh But so I think it would actually be a lot easier for me if you told us the plot of this movie, because (laughs) for me, it is so deep in my DNA that I cannot talk about it without going on 17 tangents and explaining what all of it meant to me in the meantime. So, yeah, I like this. It's a okay. challenge. Yes. So so when you watch our movie next week, make sure will, that you're yeah. preparing your summary. Okay. I, f- I do feel like it'll be easier. Yeah, I think I, I think so, too. Let's find out. Okay. Yeah, so it's a movie about a uh, new girl who moves into town. She's obsessed with dancing. Janie loves to dance, Andrea. She, she loves to She dance. loves to dance, which is pretty much how I described myself when I was that <laughs> age. Um. So, Nobody in this movie has a like uh like personality or motivation really beyond that. No. Like I think pure. Uh, yeah. A pure love of the dance. Uh-huh. Her favorite show is auditioning for new dancers. She goes to the audition of course with her new friend Helen Hunt. Um she meets Jeff who's a dancer from the wrong side of the tracks. Of course the two of them hit it off. They um, make it to finals and they spend the rest of the movie preparing their routine and, as you said, falling in love, question mark, while being kind of like uh, pushed against on all sides by various forces that for some reason do not want them to win or dance, like (laughs) Natalie, the bully who's also competing, and everybody's father. Everybody's (laughs) father. Everybody's dad. We will talk later, I'm sure, about parents in this movie, as we often do. Mm. Um, And then... Whether you've seen the movie or not, you can probably guess they win. Of course they win. Is that the movie? That's Would you the say movie. That's, that's the movie? God, I love this movie. <laughs> I love it so I, much. I can, You have like clearly like an unabashed, unabashed? Mm-hmm. Which way do you say that? I think I say unabashed. I think I say unabashed. Why would I? No, I think I've said it the other way too, but I think I usually say it the first way. Well, I said it both ways, so our listeners, hashtag team, (laughs) hold on, it's spelled the same, hashtag team unabashed, if that's how you say it, hashtag team unabashed, if that's how you say it. Yeah. We want to hear from you folks. The new internet fight. No, so me talking about this movie. It's clear that your love is very, like, pure and ingrained. Like. Maybe more so than any movie either of us have brought so far. Yes. I think so because I think it's so pure and so easy to love. Like there's no, the problems are so small. Well, there's one, there's one problem. Oh, well there's, there's a person who's a problem. <laughs> but in general, this is one of the lesser problematic movies we've, well, we've brought to last week. We mentioned Goonies, right? When we were talking about radio mm-hmm. flyer and about how the big problem in Goonies is economic. And I right. think that's also the, in some ways, the case here. It's partly like mm-hmm. she's following her dreams, but like the real threat in the movie is when Natalie's dad threatens right. Jeff's Jeff's dad's job. Right. Well, and the reason that Natalie is able to be such a menace is that she can pay people right. off and does like it's all of that comes from yeah yeah. So I do think that you know worst case scenario in this movie, if everything goes against what the 
main characters want, what happens? Janie goes to college and Jeff goes to trade school. And yeah, like, it's not like they're competing for a prize no. that they need to save the town no. center or like no. or to get anybody's parents they back. Just like love to dance, Andrea. They just <laughs> love the to way that dance. she describes loving to dance is the way that I feel like I sound when I talk about this movie. Like <laughs> It's just and me when I talk about Pacey and or New Jersey. It, just it's so uncomplicated that you know the audition scene for this movie was that scene introducing herself at the school and her like taking her shoes yep. off, you know, so she could be more like in her little dancer yep. pose and her the like close up on her face when she says I love yep. to dance is how what are your fe- again, this is a complicated question to ask somebody whose introduction to Sarah Jessica to Sarah Jessica Parker was this movie when you were 10 yeah. years old, right? But what are your feelings on Sarah Jessica Parker generally? Interesting that you asked me this after last night I watched, a, I'm so embarrassed, the latest episode of Unjust Like That. <laughs> Don't Everybody's watching it. Don't be embarrassed. It's so bad. <laughs> Is it bad? I was it's not a Sex in the City so person. Bad. It's so bad. So, but you were a fan of Sex in the City. I was. So I spent my 20s in New York City. Right. And so, yeah. like, of course, you know, I had my small group of girlfriends. Like, And which I, one of you was the Carrie? And I wasn't, like, a super fan, so we didn't actually <laughs> okay. do that. But I do think yeah. if I had to say, I was probably a Miranda, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I know enough to laugh at that. Yeah. Um, no, but I liked the show. I liked Sex in the City. I liked mm-hmm. seeing my life reflected somewhere. Right, right. Because, like, we were all single women in our 20s living in New York. And, mm-hmm. like, we didn't live in fancy apartments, but we did run into Chris Noth at fucking Katz's <laughs> one night. And he was drunk and sat down with us. That's amazing. Like, that's amazing. That's a, that's a true story. I believe. What a weird thing to lie about. I- <laughs> Yeah, we were to down. me, yeah, to me, like, I'm like I yeah. vaguely know who that is. Yeah, that's Mr. Big. It's Mr. Big. Yeah, yeah. It was like 2 a.m. We were at Cass's Deli for some reason, and mm-hmm. uh, he walked in, and this was during when Sex and the City was on TV. He was definitely drunk or high. Do you or think something. he saw a gaggle of twenty somethings and thought he was on set? He was like, "Is this our scene?" Yeah, maybe Miranda. Maybe <laughs> he definitely sat down with us and thought that we would find him incredibly entertaining. That's so funny. So yeah, my relationship with Sarah Jessica Parker is complicated. I love her to death in this movie. I know that she's like kind of in a, her character is a bit annoying and a bit cloying, more than a bit. But she, I think her acting in this movie, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Like she's convincing. Yeah. I don't think of her as, I don't have really like serious feelings about her one way or the other yeah i don't typically think of her as a good actor mm-hmm. let me re- i don't typically think of her as like a, a like particularly good actor i mean people might like me on that i haven't watched a ton of sex in this city i feel but like, i just yeah i feel like that happens when someone plays one character for such a huge chunk of their right, career that right, you're like that is this sense. acting or is she just capable of being this one thing right um, and she feels different to me in this mm-hmm. i think she is pretty good i think like you said she's pretty it's it is pretty cloying but she's supposed to be this like yeah just so sweet and lovable yeah and and i did like her like i found her charming yeah um i i think she plays well against and in comparison to helen hunt um so that that works too for me yeah Yeah, i don't 
you know, I didn't come in like ready to love her, but but I but I liked her enough throughout the movie, so that's pretty good. Yeah, her hair is very puffy. It's so puffy. Those bangs. This Those is bangs so clearly are... pre like, you know, TikTok hair videos where like curly girl the, the, uh... exactly because yeah. her hair is puffy. Yeah. And she, as an adult, has great, gorgeous hair. hair. Like she's kind of, you know. No, they just took a brush and brushed that. the shit out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks. No, I think, I think, maybe my relationship with Sarah Jessica Parker, as an adult actor, has to do with how I was introduced to her. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like she can kind of do whatever. It's fine. <laughs> she's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. She was Janie. I get that. She loves to that. dance. <laughs> she loves to. She dance. loves to dance. <laughs> oh, it was so good. My favorite, like, I got so excited when, when this movie started and all of the things that I remembered loving as a kid started happening. Like when Helen Hunt takes off the skirt, the Catholic schoolgirl skirt, and flips it around and it's leather. She is. And rips off you, the sleeves and talks about how great Velcro is. I would argue, well, she's not a manic pixie dream girl because she's not dumb, but she is like, she has a lot of those qualities. She's She's irrepressible yes she's irrepressible i know you said manic pixie dream girl and you said it's not quite right but if she were playing against like jeff in this movie yes. right if she were the lead a hundred percent yes like but she it's is... because she's the like sidekick character that we exactly. don't see her that way yeah 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 when she rips off the sleeves and wait i have to have the exact line because it makes me laugh so hard velcro next to the walkman and tab is the coolest invention <laughs> in the 20th century <laughs> How can a movie... That's the most in... 80s line that's ever been said. How did it know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how it's in 1985 did it know what would be the funniest touch tones for the 1980s? It just knew. It was this movie's ahead, ahead of, of its, its time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, at the time, I just feel like, I don't know, like, I babysat kids and, like, you know ate the food i did not leave a baby in a pizza but like i it just was like the elevated version of what high school kind of felt like i feel like even though i didn't go to catholic yeah. school even though you know it would have been it was very common obviously in jersey right you're right it didn't feel like, like parts of this movie felt weirdly grounded now that yeah. you say that in like in a weird kind of maybe that's not like okay the stakes are a probably like well all right i guess we understand that it's a nationally televised dance show because she's watched it in other cities Mm -hmm. but like the stakes are still just like a tv dance show yeah so imagine okay i think last week i said something about how or when we talked about this movie i i made some dumb comment where i was like yeah they used to have shows dance competitions on tv they still do i'm an idiot like i know that they do but it's but it's it's still very different like i was uh, for some reason i got really into so you think you can dance oh yeah like obviously i I did too i was gonna say it makes sense for you yeah it doesn't really for me (laughs) but i was like obsessed and like followed those dancers for a while and stuff but I think by the end of that show, they were competing for like a million dollars. Right. So like the stakes were very different. And yeah. still like competition shows like um, dance TV is not a dance competition show. Right. It's a dance show. She yes. had to compete to get on onto it. it. Right. But once you're on it, you're just a dancer. 
yeah. that's that's your gig, I guess. Well, and there like, was a show just like this. There are a ton. I mean, they're always like like yeah. you said, like even from like again, I my guess is that like Soul Train is probably the first and then it got kind yeah. of like you know. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, but there was um Dance Party USA. That's the one that I used to watch. I have to speak. Well, have you ever seen Dance Party USA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I wasn't sitting down to watch it, but I'm aware of it. It's real. Like this, this movie, if yeah. anyone is watching this or is listening to us and watch this movie for the first time and is like, wow, this is wild. This is like a crazy concept. This show. No, this is like taken literally from reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, so much so that if you Google Dance Fever USA or Dance Party USA, Dance Fever, I think was a different one, and watch videos on YouTube, you'll feel like you're watching, like, a grainier version of this movie. Yeah, this, again, not an exaggeration in general, these, like, 80s stereotypes and stuff, um, which is interesting because it feels so saturated. Yeah. Like, it, but yeah. The 80s Um, were fucking wild. Yeah, I will say just very quickly, because I can't help but give a little bit of a history lesson. Yeah, please. I'm going to share a couple of cool articles that I just found um, about the history of dance shows. And I mentioned Soul Train from obviously the 70s. But I then even, uh, and of course, but like American Bandstand. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like right. this one article pointed out, like that is a kind of dance show. Yeah. It wasn't only that, right? But, right. Um, apparently the first dance show was in 1950, the Arthur Murray party, um, and Arthur Murray and his wife were, um, apparently famous ballroom dancers yes. and they would perform a mystery dance and the viewer who correctly identified the dance would get free lessons at a local studio. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, no, Arthur Murray there... is a famous, uh, name in the ballroom That's world. so funny. And then obviously from there, American Bandstand. Right. Um, and then shows like Soul Train and then into this era of dance. Um, yeah. So. Storied then, history of. Uh... Yeah. And then we can trace that. Even if you think about shows that aren't just dance competition shows, though, I think that's. So think, but like thinking about like, you know, Star Search or like anything mm-hmm. like that all the, all the way up through. Or yeah. like even like Mickey Mouse Club, the like yeah. 90s version. I miss that era. Like, I don't miss it. I missed it. I was too old for that era. I was big into the Mickey Mouse Club reboot. Um, And it would often would just be Ryan Gosling and Justin Timberlake doing dance numbers. Like, so it was a little bit of that, too. Yeah. That Um, Ryan Gosling uh, dance clip has been making the rounds again because of the Barbie movie. Because of the Barbie movie. God. So, okay. So we've talked about the dance television part of this. I think... I just I, all I want to do is talk about Helen Hunt. Like, she is her character is incredible, so fun in this movie, and also maybe the Catholic schoolgirl part of this. Like, I feel like that was such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't play with it in the way that they could have, which would have been gross. Yeah, no, no. The best part about what setting this in a at least in part in a catholic school does for us is gives us a scene of a nun on a pommel horse which is my favorite scene in the whole movie amazing when you texted me i was like i've been waiting for you to get there unbelievable wait i know i was gonna save this for later but i need to read this right now because we're talking about it so there were some amazing um articles 
written actually in like 2016 ish about this movie. I think it was like right after the 30, oh God, I'm old, 30th anniversary of the film. <laughs> and, um, okay, so this is from an AV Club article. Uh, 31 years later, girls just want to have fun is a ridiculous something something. I don't have the title, um, but we'll put it in the. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. So, okay, I have to read this to you. It says something impressive and worrying. What a young Helen Hunt wearing a coonskin cap while playing a teenage Catholic schoolgirl dragging Sarah Jessica Parker across the floor isn't even in the top 20 weirdest things about a film. (laughs) It's practically glossed over, in fact, despite my desire to instantly stop streaming the movie and text every person I have ever met in my entire life and tell them about this. Which is how I... This is like, this is why we have this podcast, so I can do this. Correct. Um, Uh This is only the halfway point of the movie, and already I'm not sure I can handle it all. Then a nun hops on a pommel horse. It's the best. Tell me this movie isn't the best. It's so funny. She, like, hikes up her habit. She's got her, her like, dance tights on underneath. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's incredible. Okay, I'll save the rest of those quotes for later, but, God, that's the best. Should we address the... Uh, the one negative in this movie that I found that I still can't escape even with my love of it. Yes. It's a I product of its time. Or we could just decide that this is a movie where that character doesn't exist and Can not mention write him, him out at all. Uh, do we need him in this movie? I don't think we do. I'm trying to think of what. His... It's a shame. Okay. I guess we do need to dive into. So okay. Jonathan Silverman, who I like i think he's yeah, pretty no charming in general yeah. he's you know weekend at bernie's and yeah um his character they tried to make his character the like he's a social climber right he's and nerdy. it's a kind of character he's like nerdy he's hanging out with his like hunkier kind of cooler friend yeah he's the schemer yeah like there's that character exists in so many like um like like uh God, the first there's a million of them, but the first example I thought of for some reason was um, uh, Vinny from Doogie Hauser. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't know why that was, you know, wow, the counterpart from to the past. His hunky, cooler friend, <laughs> Doogie Dr. Doogie Hauser. <laughs> why was that the first one I thought of? Oh, God, I did but, have a crush but... on Doogie Hauser, though. <laughs> <laughs> I Jody. like smart people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I know. You're from Jersey. If you're going to have a crush on one of them, it's Vinny. Like, don't. I know. Like, come on. Well, here's the thing, though. I knew Vinny's in real life. That's true. I knew That's lots true. of Vinny's. <laughs> the first boy I kissed was probably a Vinny. Oh, man. That's so funny. But yeah, he as a character, I feel like. I mean, maybe we need someone to push Jeff, but it could have been. It could have been his little sister. It could have well, been or, Daisy Shannon Doherty. Or it could have been like. the. <sighs> He's problematic throughout, but there are a couple of moments where he is like, where it's like, oh, we're just, yeah, we're just sexually, sexually assaulting, yeah. and it's Tokyo. and it's funny. Although I will say, like, this is not to excuse. What's his name in the in the show oh, in shit. the movie? I can never remember. He's just Jonathan Silverman to me. Yeah, um, this is not to excuse him, but those kinds of like quote unquote jokes and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Up through, I mean, up through the early, like early two thousands. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't so, register for me at all at the time. Right. So, like, you know, uh, but his character's name is Drew. I don't think Drew. I even knew. 
Yeah, I guess I remember But so that. they could have cut like two scenes and he would have just been like a little annoying and a little like squirrely troublemaker, you know, and it would have been yeah. fine. He, he would have been annoying, but yeah. but fine. Um, but this is also so... the time of like movies like Porky's and like right, exactly. all these really gross like spying on the girls point. through the bathroom wall things. Yeah. And, oh. So in, yeah. in that vein, he's not the worst offender um, by a long right. shot. Um, but definitely but, stood out to me when I watched it again. I was like, oh. Well, and especially yeah. in this movie that isn't too troublesome that way. Like, No, and the main characters are two kind of spunky, independent women. Yeah. You know, who are yeah. like, fuck and it, Jeff's we're going to do what we want. big baby at Jeff points in this movie. Baby. But he's not like, he's he's not Christian Slater. You know what I mean? No. He's not, he's not uh, Billy Loomis at all. Yeah, like he has one moment where he's a big baby, um, and and I mean that affectionately. I I love a, he's a big baby <laughs> in like a in like a very refreshing way for an eighties movie because yeah he's got a lot of feelings for yeah. sure, which like, is nice. Yeah, like when you texted me about the boyfriend thing, when she accidentally or maybe on purpose calls him her boyfriend after like yeah. one kiss. And, and we're I thought expecting he was... him to be like, oh, oh Sandy, don't make me laugh. Yeah, like, exactly. And yeah. instead, he's like, that was a pretty yeah. good Danny Zuko. Did you know I had was, a John Travolta impression good. in there? That was pretty good. Thank I'm you. impressed. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But yeah. Instead, he he's like, sweet. Yeah. So, so. I, I like that. But but I think maybe that makes, because like Drew in Porky's, he'd be tame. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, all he did was was grab somebody's chest through her yeah. sweater. Like, yeah. great. He didn't like trick exactly. her into having sex with him. Yeah, I can't. I cannot stress enough how much I didn't even notice that when I was a kid watching this. Right, right. I but think it, but I, it we is... actually joked about it. I think the two right. Tokyo I'm thing sure. became like yeah. a joke. Of course, of course. Yeah, because we didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but overall, it like. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that I'm like, ooh, yikes yeah. about. I think that's why I'm able to still love it so unabashedly mm-hmm. because, like, the worst of it is that, right? And then yeah. everything else is just this sort of, like, dreamy, like, all I want is to dance. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. I she can't be critical dance. about this movie. I love it no, so much. I, I understand. I will say, she's not doing a whole lot of dancing in this movie. It's um, a... <laughs> She's she, doing a lot of flipping and a lot of spinning. Not a whole lot of dancing. They win this dance contest through gymnastics. I know that that's a thing. Like that. Like no, it's not. Like no, I don't mean. <laughs> no, what I mean is, I I have often seen it be conflated. That like, yeah. just because she could do some cool flips, and they are cool flips, yeah, doesn't mean she's a good dancer like yeah and i'm i'm just currently realizing that maybe the reason i bought it so wholeheartedly at the time was because why can't i say this without being embarrassed because i was a cheerleader <laughs> and we combined she'd those... be a gr- if this were a cheerleading competition yes. if this were bring it on she'd be we'd be like fantastic oh my god yeah. yeah of course they won of course they won yeah because that's essentially what they're kind of doing like because mm-hmm. cheerleading even at the time was a combination of basically dance and gymnastics right right and like 
She's doing like she's a great, great floor routine. Yes. <laughs> it's like flips and then like a little spin on the side to yeah. get back into some more flips. Yeah. And she basically teaches him gymnastics so they can win the contest. <laughs> Jody, I had to, I will. The one thing I struggled with most was watching them work out their routine. I was watching it through my fingers at some point. It's very like, cringy. When they're, oh my God, when he's like, well, I was thinking something like this. <laughs> and he just like spin, 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 snap. And I was like, I can't tell if we're supposed to think. He's good or bad. <laughs> like, in that moment, I was like, "Are we learning?" I think at the time, I can say from 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 my ten year old self, I think we are supposed to think he's pretty good. He's crushing it. The two of them are a match made in heaven. I so when I texted you that there was a Jersey connection that I found. <laughs> did we talk about what I meant by that? We did. Yes. Okay. You're so right. Because he is trying to be Bruce Springsteen in the Dancing in the Dark video. Oh, absolutely. Like, I went back and watched the Dancing in the Dark video with Courtney Cox and blah, blah, blah. We all know that video. Or we should. It's so brilliant. Jody, I'm so in love with Bruce Springsteen. I know it's in my DNA and I have to be. But, like, like listeners, if you ha- you must have seen this video. There's yeah. no way you haven't. But if you haven't, or if you haven't in a little while, go watch it with your heart open, please. <laughs> and I defy you. Like, the he's he's incredibly charming i know it's it's i am not so difficult for me to watch i'm like talking to you it's on and i'm tearing up you're tearing up yeah yeah for me as an adult i'm not a huge i know i I hate saying this to you of all people i hate saying this to the audience that includes jersey people i know i know and i'm sorry i am not a huge adult bruce springsteen fan i don't dislike him i like him i think he's great aren't you wait hold on Am I making this up? Are you a bigger Bon Jovi fan? I certainly in my lifetime have been a bigger Bon Jovi fan. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, the hedging. Just say it. Own it. Absolutely. But my point in saying that is to actually to support your point, which is that you cannot watch Mm -hmm. this video without falling in love with Bruce Springsteen. Because at the Mm -hmm. time, I remember this video coming out and I was in love with Bruce Springsteen watching this video. And so that is absolutely what Jeff is trying to do. Mm-hmm. is be bruce springsteen but like also with some flips what if bruce springsteen in the middle of this song did a back handspring in the middle of this video just did a back handspring i would love it like he could do oh, it oh god and there's clarence having a great time Ugh. this video is amazing nothing Next would surprise week- me less than the the fact if somebody told me that bruce springsteen was capable of doing a back handspring in the middle of a set he just hasn't but he could he could Next week, I'm just going to reveal what our pick is. It's the Dancing in the Dark video. We're just going to talk about it for two and a half hours. And I'm not editing out a single moment. I mean, we could make a thing out of that, I think. That's Patreon. When we get one million listeners, every episode on Patreon is just the Dancing in the Dark video. I mean, there's the Courtney Cox connection. It's a beautiful video. It's so... And then we've got our first shot of of courtney cox mm-hmm. being in her white tank top oh my god her little, like, she's got a beautiful sleeves. <laughs> and and a cool dad haircut she's yeah. got like cool short hair that's not yeah. like it's not like punky she just has like a yeah. reasonable haircut it's i think of it more as like the um middle school teacher haircut <laughs> yes right correct 100 percent. that's exactly right yeah god look at him go 
<laughs> Listeners, I, I mean it. If you please be watching this along we should, with we'll us link right to now. It in the, Absolutely, we will. In the notes. Yeah. Anyway, okay, Bruce. I yeah. gotta. I'm gonna. I have to close this tab. I was trying to think. Like, okay, there have to be Jersey connections in this movie, right? There have to be. Yeah. We don't like anything, whether we know it or not, yeah. if it doesn't have a Jersey connection. And I will say that, like, and as soon as I saw him dance, I was like, oh, that's what it is. But mm-hmm. I also think that there's something about the sort of, and this could get into a whole other conversation that maybe isn't interesting, but maybe is. I don't know. Definitely to us. The idea of, like, the suburb city thing. Yeah. You know? I think Chicago, we've we've talked about it on this podcast. We've talked about it on the Jersey podcast. Like, it's not to say that uh, I always say Chicago and Jersey as if Chicago is a state, but I just like I don't mean Illinois. I mean Chicago. Yeah. Um, and or I guess that's not true because I know Illinois also has that thing of like there's Chicago and then there are the affluent suburbs that back up right against it, and then also the less. And I also know that this is typical in other places too, but <laughs> it's just like it's a there's a particular kind of like class both separation but also uh proximity yeah yeah exactly yeah that is uh specific to certain cities and i think chicago is one of them and i think there are parts of jersey that are also and and also just like energetically like i've only been to chicago once no i totally agree with you but also like as somebody who grew up 45 minutes from new york Mm -hmm. and like snuck in all through high school even though i wasn't supposed to go to the city like right i just understood instinctively what this was like this right, idea right. of her hopping on a bus and going into Chicago with her friend and like her dad doesn't like it because it's the city and it's mm-hmm. scary and blah 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 and meanwhile she's just like whatever this is just a place right like that really reflected my high school experience of like mm-hmm. not hopping on a bus but like hopping in my friend's car and driving to the village to buy weed like I right. you know or like going to a New York diner in the middle of the night, like this is before it was thirty dollars to cross the bridge. Yes, like... Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I think that's why, like, listeners, hold on. I don't want anybody to think that I was running to New York because then that makes it sound like I'm from North Jersey and I can't have that. Philly was my city. Extremely easy to just hop over the bridge. Much easier than it was to get to New York, I think. So so in that way, I actually kind of don't have that same feeling because Philly has always felt so close. Like, like I some can't people... I what I want to say. <laughs> some people from where I'm from will say they're from the Philly suburbs rather than saying they're from South Jersey. That's how close we are to the city. God, Jody. Say what you want to say. No, I'm going to get I so dare much you. I dare you. I don't think of Philly as a city. Have you been to Philly? Yes, a million times. <laughs> Philly is absolutely a city. I know, but I don't think of it as one. Like in the <laughs> same way as I know, I know, I know I'm going to get I'm going to get so much shit. I'm so sorry. I know it's a, technically a city. <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm sorry. Technically Wait, your mic it is just a much... cut out for a second because you were. No, so that was angry. my voice cutting out. That was. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm... I will say one thing about Philly that is maybe different from other cities is that Philly is has so many different pockets. Like even just when we say like the difference between West Philly, South Philly, North Philly, but even like within those delineations, like or within mm-hmm. those um, quadrants of city. Like, 
like I'm where I live now. I'm t- technically in Philadelphia, but I could. I'm like, I'm. Oh, is this the first time I've admitted on this podcast that I don't live in Jersey right now? It's okay. It's okay. I'm okay with it. I'm I'm dealing with it. Jersey's with me wherever I go. I'm also very close. I'm very close to Jersey. Um, but but I'm technically in Philadelphia. If you came to where I live right now, you would not guess that. Like it doesn't. Yeah. I'm in a neighborhood. I mean, like yeah, that's so what I mean I get about that. it not feeling like a city to me. Is that it's mm-hmm. very, it's accessible in a yeah, way that big new york time. city is not yeah it doesn't have that like glow and like how like and distance like physical yeah, totally like when you go into new york it is you have to either at least from north jersey you have to cross like the gwb or you have to go through the lincoln tunnel or you have to go through the holland tunnel all three of which are like a fucking event the traffic is yeah. terrible it takes forever the toll is huge even back then it was too big like it's my Jersey a- and Philly listeners are hearing you and what they're saying is, oh, the Ben Franklin or the Walt Whitman, yeah, which whatever. take three seconds to cross and also, or the Betsy Ross or the Taconi Palmyra guys, which are like, <laughs> it's like one lane and sometimes you have to stop because the drawbridge is open, like, so one boat can get through. So That's like, let's, I mean. let's all relax. Like, That's what I mean. It's yeah. so like, you know, I mean, I, I fucking went to college in Delaware for a year. I, I <laughs> a year I left. Um, but like, and I spent yeah, a lot I, of- Nobody, <laughs> to Delaware? Yeah. My Joey. brother went there and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I was like, I'll <laughs> okay. go where my brother went. He's cool. You couldn't pay me to hang out in Delaware. No offense, Delaware, but it's no. just not. It's not the spot. It's I know not. that Udell is a party school, but it's not the spot. Yeah. No, it was not the spot for me either. Mm-hmm. All that to say, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. Please don't hate me. <laughs> I just, I don't know. All of this was to say that I related to the idea of like Chicago to your parents being the big scary city. But to you, it's just a place you go, like, to mm-hmm. do cool shit with your friends. Right, right. You know? But the class yeah. stuff in this is, it's very Hold heavy-handed, on, I'm sorry, but it's not to harp on this, but yeah. you're so right. Because, like, I never you had to sneak You can harp on it if I'm, if I'm right. <laughs> go ahead. Harp away. <laughs> I never had to sneak away to Philly. I just told my mom. Like, yeah. I, we're, we're going to Philly. Like, I was doing that, f- like, probably, like, 13, you know, like, 12, 13 years. Well, maybe probably like 13 years old definitely before high school i was taking mm-hmm. patco into philly like it wasn't a big deal yeah my um, mom would i mm-mm, no yeah like i was going into the city from probably the age of 15 or 16 with my friends that had licenses but but your mom was not approving ab- she would have fucking killed me right right i wasn't no no and also in the 80s and early 90s new york city was sort of like pre disneyfication and gentrification of like Times Square in that area and everything. Right, and yeah. like, you know, we don't need to get into how much sort of like racism and classism is into, <laughs> is involved in the idea of, scare, mm-hmm. you know, calling it like a scary place. But right. growing up in the 80s, it, to us, right. I mean, that's like, what suburban you were being white told. kids. Right. Yeah. To our parents, it was definitely scary. But to us, it was just like an adventure. Right. You know? If there was a dance show that was being filmed in New York City that I could have gotten on, I would have <laughs> taken the bus into the city with my friends and uh, auditioned for that dance show. That's so funny. I also and- kind of feel like Helen Hunt's character in this movie may be a feminist icon. <laughs> yeah. Like... I could make that argument. I could write a Please. paper about it. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. No. She is so herself. 
Yep. She like has confidence in herself. She loses the dance contest because her partner is an asshole and like she's mad for like a second, but then she's like, let's fuck shit up and like, you know, get some revenge. Yeah. And she She wears dinosaurs on her head. Yeah, she's doing whatever she wants. She's unapologetically she's little... horny. She She's unapologetically horny, which I like, but she also doesn't have a love interest, right, in this movie? No, she doesn't. Like, a different version of this movie, they'd be trying to pair her up with Drew the whole time. Yeah. And in the end, she would, and in the end, what would happen is, like, she'd be off screen, she and Drew, like, or not off screen, she'd be side stage, Mm -hmm. Jeff and Janie would win, they'd be celebrating, and she would grab Drew and kiss him. Yes, that's exactly right. And she Uh, does it. But instead, no. fucking Ricky. (laughs) Iconic iconic that's what i mean she doesn't need um sort of a male character to play off of right you know yeah she's just you know what's a really funny bit um is when she shows up to pick up um when she shows up to pick up uh jeff's little sister mm-hmm. and she's hanging upside down and her hair is hanging down oh, that's but then she's she picking fl- up Janie. oh right right when she goes yeah. to pick up Janie, yeah um and she's hanging upside down and her hair is sticking it's like hanging down, but then she flips up and her hair is, is still standing it's up. It's such a good bit. It's such a good bit. <laughs> I loved it. That's extremely good. She rules. She really does. She really does. She's like, just... I cannot express to you how, it's going to sound so corny, how meaningful it can be to have a female character in a film from that time that fully gives no shits. Yeah. Like, she. That doesn't sound corny at all. I think you're She so doesn't right. care. No. And she's like, she's a proactive person. Mm-hmm. Like Natalie nearly hits them with her car, right? She goes over like she's going to start a fight with Natalie. So funny. And then instead like checks her hair in the mirror. Uh-huh. And Natalie is so humiliated that she wages a war against her friend Janie <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> and I'm so excited that we haven't talked about the Debbie Tom Ball scene yet because it's my favorite thing that's ever happened on film. It is unbelievable. Can, I guess we should talk about it now. I, yeah. Oh my god. So if you didn't so watch the her, movie before, my listening. super sweet sixteen. Yeah. Again, a th- I had a sweet sixteen party. Like <laughs> not like it was literally oh, like no? a, it was at a VFW hall. I was gonna ask if it was at a VFW hall. A VFW hall. The only sweet sixteens I ever went to were VFW halls. Yeah. Um. But I just have such joy thinking about this scene. Um, Okay, so for those that didn't watch the movie before listening to this, um, Natalie is about to have a debutante ball, which is a strange thing for me to think about in Chicago in the 80s, but I'm sure. Um, Sure. Once you get rich enough, time doesn't really... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And location, I guess. I think of that as a Southern thing, but I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. And so, for some reason, she invites Jeff and Drew to come to this, even though apparently she's maybe just met them. I don't know. I don't know the connection there. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But the girls get their hands on. Well, hold on. She doesn't invite Drew. She invites Jeff. Jeff, And Drew decides he's coming along. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Jeff's little sister, uh, played by Shannon Doherty, in my favorite Mm -hmm. Shannon Doherty role. Um, Mm Mm-hmm finds Janie has she been in I'm sorry has she only been in two of our movies or has she been in a third why do I feel like 
I think it's only this and Heather's, but I could be wrong. Okay. Feels like she was in everything back then, but yeah, um, yeah, maybe that's why. So she finds Lynn and Janie in the mall. Again, another classic mall mall scene. It's so fun the things that keep again. I I talk about every week, but our little like I keep calling it our vocabulary. It's not really right, but you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, recurring elements. Yeah, and that a mall has been in almost every single one of them at this point as it it should be yeah exactly um but so she finds them and they go off on this adventure they make 150 copies of the another perfect at a a copy store that happens to be in the mall so good and then the best montage that's ever happened where they run through town I love this. This I was like smiling so big watching this. It's so good. I was nearly crying. I was so excited. <laughs> Handing out the invites to every 80s type mm-hmm. that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So there's like the punks outside with their Liberty Spikes and <laughs> like they're just delightful punkness. There's the female bodybuilders incredible i if it wouldn't be disruptive to the audio i'd be clapping right now (laughs) the way they come out and lift a car up to get to the let's just like they're amazing they're amazing the new wave folks and it becomes a musical number not like a musical number where they're singing and dancing but like no but this movie is almost a musical it is almost a musical so they pass they pass out all of the uh invites and we go to the debutante party with the dad saying like now, no one gets in without this invitation. And you're like, ha ha, uh-huh. not a problem. And the most delightful chaos ever recorded on film. I I, I know that it's cool. And that's why it happens. But why does that person enter? If you have an invitation, why did you enter with a front flip through a window? It's so destructive. Drama. <laughs> I was. It's also like. All you got was an invitation. It's not like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like the the whole, I mean, and we see it in the montage, so we know this is the case. They don't know why they're being invited, really. No. And so the, your first thought is, and you know how I'm going to enter? I'm going to fuck shit up. <laughs> Just big time. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Well, okay, my argument, if we're taking this seriously, which I don't know that we should, but if we are, is that- I think we absolutely should. <laughs> is that the way that person is dressed- had they presented the invitation at the door, I don't think that the country club is actually going to let they them in. probably would have been turned away. Yeah. So they had to. Yeah. The flyer was just to get them there so they knew where they were going. It was the only but, option. Yeah. That makes sense. You're right. You know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Correct. So we get this sort of like twisted sister sounding soundtrack for this moment. So good. This song called Wake Up the Neighborhood. So good. Everybody's so cool. There's so many fun moments. There's the chicken foot moment. <laughs> when the guy's Wait. like, I've seen this movie too many times. When he's like walking on the table and he uh-huh. sticks his foot in a chicken and then starts walking with it on his foot and like waving it around. <laughs> Known as chicken just a, foot. Just a lot Keep of up. bits. <laughs> Known as yeah, chicken foot. In, in, what, in what circles is this known as? Okay, in the Jody circle. Me, the circle yeah. that I'm sitting in right now. Um, <laughs> the the body, the female bodybuilders turning the couple on the couch around. I was tickled. It's just like 
They're just there to be strong. Yeah. And lift things for other people. They're just sel- they're exactly. selfless. I love them. They're selfless. Um, oh, I love this scene so much. And we see like the girls outside the window kind of watching and we see Jeff and Drew, whatever. We see Jeff look outside and see that it's them. And he like gains a new respect for. <laughs> Janie like points to herself like, yeah, yeah we did it. Yeah, <laughs> That's us. Taking full credit. But this is uh-huh. this is what turns Natalie's dad against them fully. Because before that, he's kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'll help you through dumb dance contest. Okay. And now he's pissed because right. they ruined his hair. Yeah. He gets covered in, what is it? Some kind of sludge. Blueberry something. Like turns and his it, white hair blue. The, the like freeze frame of his face where he is just frozen in rage covered in that blue stuff laying on the ground is so funny. Yeah. It's so cartoonish. It made me laugh out loud. I don't know if you saw this, but there is a uncredited cameo by Robert Downey Jr. in that scene. No way. He's one of the punks. He's the punk that like is under the table when it flips. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. But so after that moment is where the class dynamics really get like brought up because we're like oh the dad is gonna get fired from his job if he doesn't not go to the contest and dance Mm -hmm. in it because they're so good that they're a threat (laughs) yeah they're such good dancers but this to me is one of my favorite like sort of surprising i guess given the time frame of the movie turns in the movie which is jeff's dad I fucking love Jeff's dad. Yeah. Jeff's dad is a he's, sweetie. He's great. Even early on, you like, when he comes home, you're waiting the first time you meet him. Yeah. Um, you assume he's going to be mean dad. Yeah. Because he's blue collar, hardworking mm-hmm. dad. And because um, Jeff's sister has made dinner. Yeah. And the first thing Jeff does is hands him a beer. And so you're expecting mm-hmm. like a king, like kind of maybe obviously not to that degree of yeah. radio flyer, but I was primed right. for Jeff to have a mean dad who is yeah. <clears throat> directly getting in the around. way. Yeah. You know, um, maybe dead. We don't know. But he's just a tired yeah. dad who works really hard. And so his kids are kind of helping out at home. Like that's it's really sweet. He's a sweetheart. And when he mm-hmm. finds out that Jeff is like, you know, going to sacrifice his dancing dreams for because he's afraid of his dad losing his job his dad's like can you win (laughs) this is his hero moment can you win it's can you win yes it is really good and i wrote in in all caps yeah he can win (laughs) i also wrote yeah he's such a good dad (laughs) Um, yeah he's so proud of his son Mm -hmm. i got all like choked up at the end when they're in the bar and he's like, that's my kid. That's my, yeah. I think the parents in this are interesting because the big obstacle is her dad. Mm-hmm. But as soon as her dad sees her dancing, he's like, oh, but she's good. Look at my daughter. Which it's again, that's another one of those tropes where it's like, oh, you're happy to support the dream when you can tell it's good. And it's also like, have you never paid attention to your child before this? Probably like, you're not. You're so concerned with her, like, schoolwork and yeah. and all of that, but... But I don't think that before that we ever really get... We, he's a strict dad, but we don't ever get a sense that he's necessarily, at least in the context of the time, a quote-unquote bad dad. Yeah, like, he's no, not I mean, actually he's not mean, don't he's think not abusive, so. He's just well, strict. 
I think that's what is surprising to me is he's so involved. Yeah. But doesn't know. Yeah. What a quote unquote good. How good she is at backflips. Yeah. Yeah. He sent her to a to a Catholic school where the nurse, the nurses. <laughs> where, he sent her to a Catholic school where the nuns are so good at gymnastics that they're just ready to do a routine at any moment. Like he should know that she's got the skill. But I do think that there is some. I don't think they expect us to take this movie this seriously. But if, <laughs> if we look at the text of the movie, he right. has just retired from the army. Mm-hmm. So up until recently, he was on active duty. He was very busy. He was That's a very true. busy man. He has now just recently retired and apparently has a lot of time on his hands because he's painting toy soldiers <laughs> and checking that's on good, her homework and all of that. That's so, a really, genuinely, that's a good point. You're so right. I do think that we're led to believe that like this is the first time he's kind of been able to notice his children. Yeah, it is. It is. We talk so much about parents on this show and like they are because even Natalie's dad, he's you know a villain because he's rich and he and therefore in my eyes that makes him a villain and he's supporting his shitty daughters like and he threatens to fire jeff's dad so his kid can win but all of that comes from a place of wanting to support his daughter and when he really realizes she's an asshole he tells her as much like even he's not you know what i mean like yeah nobody in this movie other than natalie is really that yeah. nefarious it's... i think they also give him a little bit of a backstory where he says something about how like he started like he said something about how he was like jeff where like yeah. he started poor or yep. something yeah there's there is that scene he talks about because then because he like in a kind of shitty way doesn't he offer jeff does he offer jeff a job too at some he point? says he says he makes it seem it's like, like he's offering him a job or a possibility of a job and then he says oh i could always use a good caddy yeah oh that's right yeah yeah Yeah. that's shitty again rich guy shit yeah but the parents in this movie are not they're both not as absent as we're used to Mm -hmm. and also not as stereotypically shitty as we're used to yeah which we have said are the two kind of parents you can have in movies like in the middle somehow which i think makes them a bit more realistic totally yeah it is, yeah, it's funny. This is definitely our lightest movie. It definitely yeah. seems like the least, like, I don't know why, I, like, both both of us at the beginning of this were like, I don't know really what we're going to talk about. But at the same time, it is, in a lot of ways, the most realistic that we've we've encountered. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah. Because it's a, oh, God. But I also just want to mention, she doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, but Janie's mom is so cute. And so sweet when they're watching her on TV and like... I don't remember Janie's mom. Yeah, Janie's mom is like... She's just... Why don't I remember her at all? Oh, because she... Because as was the case in movies like this where the father figure is the like really strict one, she's kind of retiring. She's like a little bit takes a backseat to the disciplinary stuff. But when she and Janie's little brother, who we also haven't talked about yet, who I fucking love with the walkie talkies and the warnings, when they're watching Janie on TV and her mom is so visibly glowing and proud of her daughter, it's so sweet. And she also mentions to Janie's dad before he storms off to go find her. um, She mentions like, oh, when they used to dance together. 
I have no memory of Janie's mom. This is crazy. I feel like if that scene when they're watching when um Janie makes it to the studio and they're standing next to the host and that's when the parents realize that she's escaped basically mm-hmm. and is there. You see the dad freak out and get mad and you see the mom be like kind of instantly proud and relating to like Janie's love of dance. Oh, there she is. Okay. It's so sweet. I see her. It's so sweet. She doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, but she is clearly like a good mom. Mm-hmm. And like kind of wants to let Janie like do what she loves. Right. I found the like the comment about when they used to dance really <laughs> sweet and heartwarming. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm realizing that maybe this is the movie where I got the idea that you could light hairspray with a lighter and use it as a blowtorch. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's true, right? Yeah. Oh, I did, used to do it all the time. It just is maybe your first uh... exposure to that idea. Yeah. Uh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, my my best friend Amy and I used to light dry leaves on fire with hairspray and a lighter. Yeah, I think. I mean, it could have been this movie. It could also be that when you were born in New Jersey, there are certain skills that just come you, down, like pre-downloaded. Certain gifts one of them you were is, given yeah. by birthright. <laughs> exactly. And one of them is homemade yeah. tools for arson. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. It could have gone either way. Yeah, that's true. Should we talk about the stunt doubles in this movie? Even the photograph behind you, that's clearly not the same What do you guy. mean the photograph behind me? I'm on location <laughs> right, right, at right, Hence TV. Even the two people clearly dancing behind you yeah but paused um that's not the same guy like no the stunt doubles in this movie are not subtle no and it's i i just i wonder if it's a product of the time that they were just like well everything looks like shit on screen anyway nobody's gonna be able to tell yeah or if they really thought they were killing it because they're not even they, close they're not even close it's so funny yeah it reminds me of the old um uh not old it reminds me of buffy the vampire slayer whenever sarah jessica or Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. Whenever they would cut from like Sarah Michelle Geller to her stunt double doing a million backflips and then back to um Sarah Michelle Geller, it is so obvious and so funny. And I love it. Yeah. I love I'm it. I'm just too. tickled by it. I cannot express the joy that I still feel at that not the final dance number where it's a dance off. Right. But the the montage of the finalists mm-hmm. where it's like that song I could be I could be making this up, but I don't think I am. I do think that my cheerleading squad did a routine to that song. <laughs> or if they didn't, they did it to Yeah. A version of that song. No, I'm it's pretty such sure a, like eighties montage song. Yeah. The one friend of mine from childhood that I know listens to this wasn't on the cheerleading squad with me, but no. her cousin was. I wonder if they she has any memory of this. Lori, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Lori? Yeah. Um, no, but I do think we did a, a did a routine. Either either my cheerleading squad did or I, I made one up myself. I can't remember which. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I wasn't. Who I laughed? I'm so sincere. I, I know. I believe it um okay so we have two things that i want to cover still Mm -hmm. one is i would like to and i don't know if this is gonna become a regular thing but sometimes the writing about these movies is just so good yeah that i feel like there's a few things that i want to read to you totally but then we need to talk about the remake okay 
But first, let me read you a couple of these. Yes, please. Okay. First of all, before I even do that, this movie was named after the Cyndi Lauper song, but Mm -hmm. Cyndi Lauper did not allow them to use her version of it, which I think is really funny. She was like, "Mm, I don't know about you guys. It didn't occur to me that the song is not in the movie. It's not. Well, no, it is, but not Cyndi Lauper's version. Wait, there's a cover? So basically they, okay. Cindy Lauper's song was originally written by someone else in 1979 and performed by someone else. Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Cindy Lauper's version Cindy Lauper. is a cover? Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? I know. I know. Um, so here, let me get the facts on this real quick. Okay. Here we go. Girls Just Want to Have Fun is a song made famous by Cindy. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm like ruining your life right now. Is a song made famous by Cindy Lauper four years after it was written by Robert Hazard. Now, apparently I just blocked really important stuff out of this movie because I don't even remember hearing a different version of it in the movie. Yeah. It's played a couple of times, I think. It's played when they're handing out the flyers. Oh, is that... <laughs> yeah. What does it matter with me? Well, because it's not Cindy Lauper's voice. Right. It's so like, I just was like... It sounds different. That's so funny. Yeah. It sounds different. Um, so yeah, it is not the version that we're used to hearing. Okay. So a couple of, and some of these reviews are from the past, like five years or so, or 10 Mm -hmm. years. So they're kind of looking back at it the same way we are. (laughs) I just, I love a good, well-worded insult. Yeah. And I think I can take it with this movie because I know that it has no flaws. Right. Other than Drew. Um, But from that same article in the AV Club that I just read you, uh, Dance Like No One's Watching takes on a new meaning in this movie, which features people dancing not only as though no one was watching, but also as if they've never seen dancing in their lives and were instructed to make it up from scratch. (laughs) Um, That rules. In talking about the tryout, it says, it's difficult to say how this tryout was organized, but it's executed with the smooth precision of a mass lemming suicide. Oh, my God. This writer, I have to I have to credit this writer. Hold on. I've got to open this article. Um, Alex McLevy. Um, incredible It writing. does feel a little bit to me like a county fair. Yeah, and it's it does. Like, if this were like... Hold on, I'm listening to this original, this Robert Hazard version of this yeah. song, and it's cool. Right? It's, it's got a little... Bad. Yeah, it's like kind of punky Yeah. then. Yeah, it's like... I guess the assumption is that even though it's a nationally televised show, it's a very Chicago thing, so the only people coming out were locals, I guess. Yeah. But that wouldn't be... They basically be the... set up a stage in a park. Yeah, but that wouldn't be the case for a nationally televised dance show, right? Wouldn't everybody well... who loves to dance... Okay, here's what I'm going to say about that, because I just started thinking about this when you when you brought this up. In the 80s, pop stars gave mall concerts. Yeah, they did. Like Tiffany. Yeah. Showed up at the malls. I mean, that happened through like Destiny's Child played like performed at the Echelon Mall. Right. Like that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And Tiffany went to like Garden State Plaza or Paramus Park or something Uh like. So I do think that there is something. Um maybe fitting about that sort of slapdash feeling and like hyper local yeah yeah i I actually think it makes some sense yeah Um, i'll buy it yeah 
we don't know how many other televised dance shows there were that were setting up stages in other parts of the country. Who knows? I mean, you know, if we think about like the American Idol generation of of singing shows, I think that. I mean, they were just held in hotels. Like, I mean, it's not that far off, I think. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That article, there's also a sentence that reflects what you were bringing up earlier, which is, she wins a dance competition by doing gymnastics, which even in 1985, <laughs> I'd wager, were understood to be two separate things. Yeah. Well, yeah. because it is like, I guess, because you're like, okay, it's a dance competition. How do you prove... Because you want everybody to be good because mm-hmm. you want it to be a competition. So then it's like, how do you make her be dance better for the common audience where I'm right. like, I'm not looking at how she's pointing her toes. Like, right. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. She okay. can do flips. She does. She does so many flips. Yeah. There's also an, uh, a review from like 2013 and Vulture that says the aesthetic. So talking about Jeff and his sort of like archetype. Mm-hmm. Um that says the aesthetic particularities of the dancing bad boy vary, but he always hates <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> that's also very Bruce. I feel like maybe that's yeah. part of what. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there is. A he specific... has sleeves in dancing in the dark. They're just rolled up because yeah. he's so cool. He is. Um, I mean, the AV club article does reference the dancing in the dark video. Oh, really? Yeah. Fun. Yeah, it says Jeff is essentially the embodiment of a tough guy 80s kid with a 25-year-old Montgomery playing the high schooler. They were all <laughs> old in this movie. Yeah. As a cross between Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing, which wasn't out yet. Uh, <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen in the Dancing in the Dark video. Totally. Complete with both those guys' moves. It wasn't out yet. Yeah. This is a is... ripoff of dance of uh Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing is a ripoff of That's what I meant. <laughs> I'm getting so like, yeah, you're really worked up about this. Really worked up to the point where I'm like messing my words up. So should we talk about the remake? I did not know this was happening until I rewatched this movie this week and then was doing some research for us. And I found out that there is a remake in the works, or at least it has been since before the strike started. Can we just real quick? Yeah. Can we just maybe Dancing in the Dark 1984? So maybe every dance movie ever from 1985 on is really just a ripoff of Dancing in the Dark. Have we considered that? I'm perfectly fine with that idea. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Because of that timing, that also reinforces my statement that he is just trying to be Bruce Springsteen in that video. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, I'm so sorry. I do have one one more little thing. Lee Montgomery just disappeared from acting yeah he did this he's and like the face one other thing and now he's a real estate agent yeah and he's perfectly fine in this movie he's not like a standout yeah. but he does he does fine. he's not great but he's okay but i'm kind of surprised he didn't get snatched up to play a version of this character in five or six more movies over five or six years like it's... he looks so much like blossom's brother oh yeah yeah, yeah. um what the hell's that guy's name joey lawrence he yeah. does. He does look like Joey Lawrence. That's... He's a very Joey Lawrence type. Mm-hmm. Maybe to the that's point why. Where I think at some point I was confusing them in my head. Oh, uh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. Article from The Hollywood Reporter from only a few months ago, from April 2023 by Boris Kitt, I guess, says, girls just want to have fun getting remake treatment from Elizabeth Banks and L word generation Q boss. 
I saved that reveal. I don't know if you'd seen that. Oh. Does that so, mean it's going to be? That's what I'm wondering. Q? <laughs> because um, Helen Hunt, I could also argue, is a queer icon in this movie. In the way that I want to argue that any woman who is cool in a movie for yeah. me is like is a queer icon. Exactly. I absolutely agree. And then also I just kind of agree. Yeah. Um so Marja Lewis Marja Lewis Ryan, who was a showrunner on L Word Generation Q, is co-writing the script with Ali Romano, who was a staff writer and executive story editor, also on Generation Q. Wouldn't it so be insane being, of them then to have these people like attached to this movie, movie and have it not be a queer movie it's also so fun and kind of campy to call it girls just want to have fun and have it be like a queer romance yeah yeah oh this my god the where the people competing I... or toots instead of jeff it's it's just another woman it's Janie and um natalie oh that's no. fun well hold on now that's a I different know. movie but i was thinking helen hunt well so but i think that like that movie, this movie that we just watched would have been improved only by some sexual tension between Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Correct. Which there really wasn't any. No. I would argue. But no. But there could there have been. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Or, ooh, or sexual tension, well, which there might have been between Helen Hunt and Natalie. Yeah, it's it's almost there. Like, it's almost there. Uh-huh. It's, it's getting there. So if this... This is the only way I think they could remake this movie and I wouldn't be furious is if they made a queer version. Yeah, if you just cut Jeff and Drew out of this movie. Or give Jeff a love interest. Oh, that's nice. Who's not a girl. Right. I could see. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is this is starting to work for me now because I was angry when I first saw this. I was less angry when I saw Elizabeth Banks because I do know that she has sort of a very offbeat sensibility mm-hmm. to her i mean she was in, involved with a lot of the christopher guest movies like that's yeah. part, of part of her pedigree that i think of more so than you know hunger games or whatever or yeah. hunger games which to me doesn't i don't think about very often right. so yeah the she's for guest connection made me feel a little better about it mm-hmm. yeah i don't but, write something off because she's attached to it certainly like, no, definitely not. And I think to me it was a little bit encouraging because mm-hmm. if they had said, oh, it's by X, Y, and Z Hollywood person that I don't have any positive associations with, I right. would have been like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But so. Um, I did see. just watch the Beanie Bubble accidentally. Oh. So. I haven't watched it. <laughs> it was Do not. Do I need to? I, I don't. Oh, wait, maybe I did. There's There was. Yeah, there's a dark period where I was under the it's, weather where I watched a bunch of Netflix documentaries. It's not a documentary, which I thought Oh, it's the movie it version. I didn't see that. Okay. It yes. is interest it I don't If I tell you to watch it, it's not because I think it was good necessarily. It was right. so peculiar. It was okay. it, we like put it on as a joke. We were like looking for something to watch me and my roommate while we were um uh, like eating lunch one day or something and they put it on because I like jokingly was like oh we're gonna watch the Beanie Baby movie and then just over the course of three days anytime we were both in the living room together just watched it and it's like Zach Galifianakis plays Ty the Beanie Baby guy in it and I didn't realize what? for the first 20 minutes you would you truly would have no idea he it's wow interesting it is so um 
and uh, Sarah Snook is in it. And what? Yeah, the cast is wild. It's Elizabeth Banks, Sarah Snook, Zach Galifianakis. Um, I mean, for that cast, I might actually watch it. It was one of those things where I was like, there must be some like, yeah, it is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You might. I mean. Interesting. So from Any, that same article. Anyway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's... no, no. That's interesting, though. So from that same article, it says um, the remake hopes to keep a celebration of female friendship, the humor and the heart friendship, uh, plus the dance numbers. And so um, so a little bit more about the one of the people from L Word Generation Q, um, whose name, again, is, let me try to get this right, Marja Lewis Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um uh, she acted as one of the creators of the revamped L Word. She was the showrunner, main writer, and main director. Also wrote and directed the 2018 Netflix drama Six Balloons. Have you heard of this? No, I don't know what that is. I haven't either, but it starred Abby Jacobson. Oh! Favorite of, her. I think, both of us. Yes. And Dave Franco. Oh, interesting. So maybe I'll check that out, because I love Abby Jacobson. And then Elizabeth Banks is coming off producing Cocaine Bear, <laughs> which I haven't seen, but I'm just delighted that it exists. Um, so yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take for that to come about, especially with the writer's strike, but hmm. I think that that is an interesting development. Yeah, I, um, I'll be curious about it either way. Yeah, it's still in the early days. It says another article said we don't have news yet as to who'll be reprising Hunter Parker's roles, much less the rest of the cast. What? Uh, okay, question for you because yes. I haven't really thought about this much yet myself. But I would be curious to say to know who your do you have like a dream casting for a twenty twenty three version of this movie. <sighs> That's hard because I don't know too many young actors. So I know after I asked you that, I was like, in my head, I'm like, I don't. Uh, Samantha Hunt Hanratty. And Jessica Parker. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh. Sophie Nalise, and like, I yeah, have no those idea. are really the only young actors I know too. <laughs> the Yellow Jackets, but people. young Nat, uh, Sophie Turner as um, Helen Hunt, as Helen Hunt. What is her actor's name? Are the character's name? You've said Lynn. it five times, I think. Lynn, Lynn. as yeah. Lynn, and like Very Sophie Nalise as. Um, I think they're both dancers, right? Um, they're so serious, though, in other things. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it would be fun to see them do that. Yeah. I think Sammy Hanratty as Helen Hunt's character, she has the we're try- factor. We're trying to, we're typecasting I know. her now and I just know. being like any quirky offbeat. Yeah. But, but she probably would be great. But yeah, yeah, I genuinely don't know enough young actors. I'm like, uh, Zendaya? I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't either. I don't um, either. So, um, there is a vulture article called "How 1985's Girls Just Want to Have Fun" set the template for all future dance movies, which I think we might want to link to. Also, considering your totally. original um, little dive into the history of this, yeah. I'll, as always, will be lots of stuff in the show notes um, for listeners who want to dive in. Yeah, yeah. They refer to Sarah Jessica Parker's character as the prototypical dance movie protagonist, a sheltered girl who longs only to dance and experience life in spite of her disapproving elders. <laughs> what uh, would a movie like this be where the parent, I mean, we kind of have a version of it, like, dis- like he's barely disapproving. Like, Yeah, he is barely disapproving. Like a movie where they're just super supportive. 
I mean, there'd be I, no conflict. I was going to say, then what would the conflict be? You need some be? conflict. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like I could watch this again right now and be happy. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know that I have much else to say about this movie other than Mirror Image should have won. But other than that, yeah. is and minus Drew, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of can't disagree with you. Because this movie isn't trying to be anything other than what it is. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of, some of the movies that, I, like Radio Flyer, for example, I, I'm, I, can, I can admit, like, was trying to be something other than what it ended up being, for sure. And this yeah. movie just isn't that. It, it had a mission, and it, you know, mission accomplished, I think. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, last week, I think a part of our conversation was about why, even though... It had so many moments where it missed. It still had an emotional resonance. Mm -hmm. And what were the aspects of it that made it significant to you, even despite some of the reservations? Right. I think when we watch this movie, there is no doubt why (laughs) it would be resonant for me, a young dancer slash cheerleader slash whatever gymnast exactly yeah in 1985 totally in 1985 who loved to dance Mm -hmm. you love to dance jody i still love to dance (laughs) it has not left me we have talked about how i spent my 20s in the sort of neo swing movement so funny new york so embarrassing but so i don't care you a big squirrel nut zippers fan you a big kind of was but i definitely became But see, I quickly became one of those purists who was like, no, only big band. <laughs> only that Duke makes Ellington. So much sense. <laughs> only Duke Ellington. Only like the real deal. Uh-huh. None of this bullshit neo swing thing. Put away your stupid shoes and just focus <laughs> on the dancing. I don't care about your clothes. How is your connection? Amazing. Did you watch Hell's a Poppin? Do you know who Frankie Manning is? Like, yeah. I was that person. This is very Jody. This is just very Jody. (laughs) I immediately went into research mode. (laughs) Exactly. But for what it's worth, if you have any interest in dance, watching um, Frankie Manning and Hell's Poppin and the dance scene in it, incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. Some of the best dancing you'll ever see in your life. Can I link to that? Yes. Not in this movie, some of the best dancing you'll ever see in your life, but the Hell's (laughs) Poppin scene Oh, the whole movie from 1941 is on yeah. um, YouTube. Yeah. Or, also, yeah. Helza Space Poppin would be a great drag name. Yes, it would. It sure as fuck would. But yeah, the dance scene in this movie is iconic and wonderful. And Frankie Manning was a legend. What if you made us watch Helza Poppin? Oh my God. I've only ever seen the dance scene. Uh, I've never watched the whole movie. Extra credit for our listeners. Yeah. I danced with Frankie Manning at one of his birthday parties. <laughs> I don't know who Frankie Manning is, but this is very exciting. It was. He His birthday parties, I think it was his 91st that I was Aww. that I danced with him at. Yeah, he died when he was 90, almost 95. Wow. He died right before our 95th uh, celebration that we were holding for him. Um, Two, yeah, 2009. Yeah. At his 91st, I think it was, every year when they had a birthday party for him in his like late 80s, early 90s, he would dance with the, like, in a birthday jam, the number of partners that was his age. That is... So he danced with 91 women in his birthday jam, and I was one of them. That's amazing. 
Isn't that the sweetest thing you've ever heard? He was so nice. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Whitey's Lindy Hoppers. That is Shout out to them. Amazing. Uh, so should we talk about next week? Yeah. I don't think we've got any real Yellow Jackets news. There was a tiny little thing um, that I saw where... Um, uh, Karen Kusama was quoted talking about season three and how she mm-hmm. it it seems like it got taken up as she teased that they would be looking at the immediate aftermath of the rescue in season three, which we're really yeah. hoping for. But yeah. it seems more like what she really said was like that's something she's really interested in exploring. Right. Um, so hopefully that translates. No to, writing has been done. Right. We exactly. know that because they had just basically had like day one of the writers' room when right. the strike happened. So. so I you know I just I feel like we should check in and that's the only check-in i really have um yep i would just like to say in that conversation um fuck the am whatever they are amptp the people that the alliance of motion picture and television producers that are the reason that the writers can't get normal concessions from this strike and i i just i need this to be over because i need content (laughs) and i i'm fully on the side of the writers and the actors in this i think we've made that clear so Fuck the AMPTP. Also, they have the worst logo I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the that real crime here. It's terrible. It does seem as somebody who... Have you seen it? Wait, wait, wait. Have you seen their logo? I'm sure that I have from just I'm putting from... it in the chat. Well, I'm putting a link to it in the chat. <laughs> it looks like um an old, like, bad, like, uh, record, like... Um... Ska band? Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Doesn't it? That's exactly it. I was trying checkered board. I was trying to get there. I was like some like weird old label that like yeah yeah it's bad. No, it looks like the logo of some ska band that I would have like gone to see Mm -hmm. in the '90s. Yep. Um, it also is so like all of this has been so dirty and underhanded in the way it's being handled in a way that like I know like anytime you put workers up against the people who are benefiting off of them it's going to be that but like as someone who comes from like when i was teaching being part of a union that there are still rules <laughs> like they're common like common decency stuff even down to like did you see that that bit about um one of the studios trimming the trees to yes. like and then yes, lying and saying it's something that happens every year and then every arborist in california being like no it's not you're lying yeah like come on on. I know it's so dirty. Yeah, it's so gross. I was also a part of a union at one point, and I just I find this really disgusting. So, <sighs> so get your shit together. Yes, get um, a better logo because that's clearly the real problem. That I mean, that's all problem of many. So, what are you watching, Andrea? Yeah. So this week, I kind of just went with my heart. I've been like, which is what I asked you to do. Yeah, because I've so been texting back and forth with you, being like, "Do we think that the follow up should be another '80s? Like, should it be another like rom com? Do we right. or not? Not a rom com? Should it be like light like this? I don't want to bring people down with another radio flyer." Yeah. And so I just picked one that like I've brought up on this show talking about Yellow Jackets sometimes in terms of like the dark humor. Mm-hmm. Um in yellow jackets and this isn't exactly that um but it's this is a movie that i saw it came out in 92 i saw it in theaters because again my family would take me to see anything it didn't it yeah. just wasn't something we were really thinking about so i was six years old when i saw this movie probably too young but it fundamentally 
like change the wiring in my brain to find certain things funny and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Jersey Connection is very obvious to start. Um, Excited for that. We're watching the 1992. I like. I think black comedy is appropriate, yeah. and I think I guess Heather's is the only other one that we've watched so far that you would call black comedy. Yeah, right? I think we. I think this movie came up in conversation at the very beginning when we were talking about what movies we might want to watch that had some connection to Yellow Jackets and the black comedy, dark comedy part that the sort of thread that brought us to Heather's also brought us to this. And it's um, Death Becomes Her, which which I'm excited. I My only knowledge of this movie is the poster. It's a, And it's a great poster. Um, it is. A, yeah, it's a very, rem- like, very memorable poster. This movie, I love this movie still genuinely so much. I've seen it probably in the last 10 years, so I remember it pretty well. Um, this isn't going to be a Radio Flyer <laughs> issue. Starring Goldie Hawn, who is lovely. Love Goldie Hawn. Meryl Streep. Jersey, which is, which is yeah. Jersey. Yeah, that's our Jersey. Right, right, Bruce right. Bruce Willis, She's... Jersey. Okay, nice. Um, and some other people, but they're the three who matter most. Um, yes. And it's, yeah, it's a black comedy. I'm not even going to tell people what it's about, really. Um, yeah, I'm not going to read anything. It's got, it's a black comedy with some, like, like sort of some fantasy-ish mm-hmm. elements. Um, and it's... It's a romp and a hoot and a holler in its own way, I would say. Um, I can't wait. It's a pre-bald Bruce Willis, so that's fun. Whoa. He's definitely playing against Bruce type, for sure. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm not, I think that's all I'm going to say about it. It's I love this movie a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to read anything. I'm just going to watch it. And you can watch it. Um, oh, it's free on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you can watch it in a few different places. It's free on Amazon Prime, but then you can also pay to rent it on YouTube and Redbox mm. and Vudu and, uh, yeah. you know, lots of other places. It's um, well worth your three ninety nine. I would argue, in a way that I apologized in a way if I made you spend three ninety nine to be bummed out with Radio Flyer. I don't feel that way with this. I say yeah. spend the three ninety nine if you don't have a Prime account. But yeah, if you watch it and spend the three ninety nine and really hate it, email me and I'll uh <laughs> No, I won't I won't give you that three ninety nine back, but I'll apologize. There you go. There you go. And if you do want to email us, we're at watcherspodnj at gmail dot com. Yes, we where are else, where else can they find us? We're also on Instagram and Twitter. I will not call it X. Nope. Um and we are on Twitter for as long as Andrea is willing to be on Twitter because I'm basically not really there anymore yeah well, i don't even know that i posted about the episode this week over yeah. there I, I mean i'll leave the account and yeah yeah we'll but uh at watchers pod and jay on both of those places yeah instagram is definitely the place to really find yeah. us and interact for now. yeah come follow us on instagram andrea makes these reels and and things that delight me endlessly <laughs> with their 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 little comedy masterpieces of their own <laughs> I've watched the cow one like 27 <laughs> times. So come come give Andrea some appreciation for her uh, video editing skills. Thank, thank you so much. Oh. They're Honestly, they're like my favorite thing <laughs> that come out every week. Well, thank you. I, um, I, I'm not good at it, but it's very fun. And I think I that would disagree. I think that comes through. I think you I can think tell. that there is a comedic timing that you are not admitting you have when it comes to video editing. No, well thank you. Canva. So 
listeners, uh, feel free to watch all of them and let me and or Jody know which one of us is right or wrong. So fucking funny. Okay. So, yeah. And then my Instagram is just Jody underscore Mim, J-O-D-I-E underscore M-I-M. If you care at all about, like, fiber arts, come find me there. That's where all of your cool art is. Yes. I'm at AQ Andrea Q. I post about my cat and my dog and the 12 different podcasts I work on, including, guess what I can say today? Yay! Um, I'm so excited for you. I am officially the producer of Beautiful Anonymous because the show has gone independent with Stitcher shutting down an earwolf. Um, the first episode with me at the wheel. I've been working on that show um, for yeah. their live shows for the last like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, you know, I think uh, Geth thought it made sense for me to just kind of pick up the the slack there that um, has opened up. And we had our first episode also up today. Um, you can hear if you are someone who has listened to Beautiful Anonymous in the past, um, I would say now's a great time to jump back on. We're, we're like refreshing a whole lot of stuff. We've got a lot of stuff in the works that we'll be um, talking about in the coming weeks. And I'm so excited about this. It's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. I'm really, really excited to be part of yeah. it. And uh Geth breaks down everything that happened um that kind of led to Beautiful Anonymous going independent um, in the uh, first few minutes of the episode. So, yeah, um, check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's one of the shows. And then, of course, Left of the Dial and New Jersey's New Jersey the, World. the World. And any of the other shows I work on, if you're – I never plug these. Have I um, – I don't think you have. I also produce a show called I Don't Get It. If you're, a, like, a fan of the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise, um, to, that's uh, – the Iconetti sisters and their friend Naz Perez. It's very fun. Um, and a bunch of other stuff over there. Um, Yay. Podcasts. Yeah. I don't, I, I guess it's worth noting those maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I've sure. been a fan of Beautiful Anonymous since before I knew Chris personally or knew you, obviously. And yeah. so I'm a big fan of that show and its premise. Not to get too like saccharine, and this is the only show that I might get this way on, but like Beautiful Anonymous genuinely is like one of my first favorite podcasts. And like yeah. when I started working on podcasts, it was like sort of the vision board show. So it's pretty crazy. And now that, you're producing it. That now it's, yeah, now I produce it. It's, it's really crazy and exciting. And yeah, um, it's, yes. if you've, if you haven't listened to it, it's, it's a really wonderful podcast and I, I just in a weird way I think if you like our show like you would it's just like it's good vibes yeah it's just a good vibe show for sure um yeah awesome what else? I think that's it um I'm gonna be in my homeland in a few weeks <laughs> you ready to get strong again to recharge I am going to eat as many bagels as humanly possible <laughs> and regain my strength for my upcoming uh travels yeah, if yeah. you're one of our beautiful no, God, too many fucking podcasts. <laughs> if you're one of our New Jersey's the World listeners or a Gethard fan, who's going to be? Should we say we're going to come? Yeah, say, um, Jody and I are going to be at Geth's um, show in Patterson, which is already sold out. Um, but come find us and say hi. Yeah, come. Yeah, I'm so big I'm time s- us in front of Gethard. I would come, come <laughs> say hi to me and Jody only. <laughs> yes, you could. You could come up to us and be like. Oh my god, I love the Watchers so much. And then <laughs> just ignore that you're actually at a Chris Gathered show. <laughs> we say this with love. We love Chris. That's He's so the reason funny. that we're doing this. But yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be in Jersey uh, at the end of this month for uh, Geth's show in Patterson and for bagels. So <laughs> Mostly for bagels. But while you're here, the you fact might as that well he... stop by. So 
this is not a Chris Geth- Gethard promotional podcast, but <laughs> we the reason never. that we're doing this is because he is doing this like New Jersey tour world tour of every county in New Jersey. <laughs> and he hasn't announced the Bergen County one yet. And I'm not going to be around for that. So I'm coming to the Passaic County one because it's the closest to where I grew up. So yeah. well, I'm excited to um, visit the Great Falls for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That'd Shout out fun. to the Great Falls. <laughs> <laughs> a North Jersey icon. Not I, as good I as know you're listening. Rock, but... Oh, boy. OK. And listeners, this has been The Watchers. I've been your host, Andrea. <laughs> and uh, I'm Jody, <laughs> eternal fan of the Glenrock. <laughs> We will see you next week for hopefully another fun, silly time. Death becomes her. Bye-bye. Yay!